that's how this works. Very simple. And just like in school, sometimes the lessons are hard, the homework's challenging, and other times you just have a good time and play and have fun. That's all of it. So don't think if you're having a challenge that you're doing something wrong or off course. Because isn't that the time we usually judge ourselves and are hard on ourselves? I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm doing this wrong. I never get it right. That's part of the experience. That's the funny thing. That's all part of the experience. If we can come into acceptance, accept ourselves and our experience, accept ourselves for having this experience, we now take in the experience and the lessons revealed. And that's how we get our freedom. And how the soul is fulfilled. This is a journey of spiritual fulfillment. When we speak of freedom and liberation, it takes place through fulfillment by loving self and loving all of creation. So there's no resistance. There is acceptance and loving of all creation and all experience. And in that is the freedom and the liberation. And then we're free to move about and have greater awakening and knowing of the greater truth of who we are and from which we've come. And then the fulfillment just expands to greater and greater. Then there's the greater joy, the peace, the bliss and the loving in this experience of sound and light. And that's the journey of an initiate is that greater fulfillment in God's beingness. Well, I was sitting here, and as Brian was talking, I was kind of reminiscing about how hard we make our lives when it doesn't really need to be. And um, in my meditation, it was very interesting. I was taken back to about the age of six when I was learning how to tell time. And unfortunately, we didn't have digital clocks back then. It was uh, uh, other analog clocks, and I just really had never learned how to read it to to tell what was what. And so I remember one time my brother was teaching me about how to read a watch and how to tell time and all that. And so I thought I had kind of figured it out. And then um, somebody said they were going to meet up with us at a quarter past four. And I remember thinking, a quarter past four? And I remember looking at my watch and looking for the quarter. Where's the quarter? What what does a quarter have to do with time? And I got very confused, and I didn't want to act dumb, so I didn't say anything. I acted like I knew what they were talking about, but at the same time, I didn't. 
fortunately, I wasn't the one getting the family somewhere. My dad was, so I didn't have to worry about being on time or not. But it was very disconcerting when I found out that um, I didn't know what a quarter past something was. And so finally I broke down and I sat down with my dad and I said, I thought I knew how to read my watch, how to tell time, but I don't. And could you show me where the quarter is on my watch? And my dad looked at me and laughed. And he said, the quarter on your watch? What are you talking about? There's no quarter. And he said, well, somebody said that we were supposed to meet up at a quarter past four. And and I want to know where the quarter is. And so then dad started explaining it to me. And then it made sense. But I had fretted for days thinking I never was going to learn it. I didn't listen well. And all of this, and nobody just told me the the little craziness of telling time, I guess. And so in that moment, I realized that I'm never going to learn it all, and it's okay. And it's better to ask questions right up front than worry about it and fret about it for a week or a month or whatever it might have been that I went through with all that. And I have watched my life, and I've watched other people living their lives, and oftentimes... We make our lives so hard when it doesn't have to be. All we have to do sometimes is ask for direction. And if we don't get it, then ask for directions again. I've done that over and over where I'll pull into a filling station or I'll be up at a corner like in London or something trying to find my way around. And they'll go, well, you go down two blocks and take a right. And then you go down three blocks and take a left. And then you go down another quarter of a mile and you'll see such and such building, and you take another right, and it should be there on, on the right-hand side. Well, I know now I'm supposed to go down three blocks, but I forgot. Now, do I go right or do I go left? I'm not writing it down, and I'm trying to remember it. And I don't always get all the directions. And so then I'm off pretending like I know where I'm going, and I don't. And I don't get there, and then I ask for directions, and they go, oh, no, you've got to go back two blocks. You missed it, and it's over <laughs> And, you know, it just is crazy. Sometimes it's better to ask for clarification right up front when you're confused rather than try to pretend you know something and end up lost. So um, more and more I'm paying attention to that inside of myself now is, is how do I live my life and how can I simplify my life? And one way is to ask for clarity, ask for an understanding of a situation. Don't just sit there and assume, well, it'll get worked out, or I can just ignore it and it'll go away, or uh, I can just pretend like I heard and I know now how to do this. It's ask, and you shall receive. And that's part of why the spiritual teachers are in the physical body, so that you can ask a physical being physical directions and understanding in the physical form about how to do something, how to understand, how to move forward. How to let go. And oftentimes we find people will come up and and talk and really want to ask something, but it's just talk. And they don't really get down to the serious statement of what it is that they really want to ask. I know back when I used to do my counseling appointments on the phone, I would set an hour time with a person and I would explain to them that the way I work is asking you shall receive. I don't give you information that you're not ready for, but I'll share with you what you ask. 
I'll give you clarity. I'll give you answer as best I can. And what we would do is we'd start and we'd have all this conversation for 45, 50 minutes. And we'd be coming down towards the end of the hour session. And I could still feel like there was something left. And they'd be winding it down and say, well, we've got 10 minutes. Do you have anything else? And they said, well, yeah, yeah, really what I, I called about was this. And they finally get down to something that's really truly serious or of concern or something for them. And it would be better if people would just ask up front the first moment because then you could talk the whole hour if you need to about it rather than just have the 10 minutes and have a limited perspective on it. And so pay attention and don't put things off. Don't hold back out of fear of looking ignorant or unable to to do. Rather, step forward and be the brave and strong and ask if you need clarity, get direction, get understanding. Don't live in ignorance. Don't live in fear because those things are in the world to block us and to keep us from going forward. So in this pathway, we've been given some certain clear directions. Ask, seek, and knock. How many of us really are doing that on a daily basis? Asking and seeking and knocking. Well, if you're doing the meditation, you're doing that. You're doing that. Because that's what the meditation is all about. You're asking, you're seeking, and you're knocking on this inner journey. And the knocking really is the process of chanting the name of God over and over and over here at that tenth door. By chanting that name over and over and over, you are knocking at the door for it to open so that you truly can have revelation. You truly can have inner experience to know the inner light, to hear the inner sound, to be aware of who you are as soul, as loving, as divine. When we seek, it is given. And what is seeking? In meditation, again, it's looking for where is that seat of the soul. Just holding our focus here, seeking it, allows us to discover it. Seek and you shall find. And ask and it shall be given. Well, the asking begins when you ask for initiation on this pathway of of meditation. Ask and you shall be given. But you have to ask for initiation. It isn't just freely handed out to everybody that comes in the door or that goes by on the street. It has to be somebody who is seeking for a truth, for God, for answering that longing inside that is ever calling and pulling and tugging at the heart of the being. And it is in that finding that oftentimes through the seeking, what we find is that place, that person, that book, that CD, whatever it might be, that begins to answer some of the questions that we have about this longing inside that we've been seeking to understand. And that seeking and then finding leads us to a place where we begin to get clarity about what this pathway is about. And we realize that the next phase of it is asking asking for initiation so that we truly can move forward on this pathway 
rather than sit and wonder and pretend like we already are doing it or that we already know it. And then with the seeking and the asking, we do get the tools by which to knock at that door inside so that it opens. I remember one time I went across the street to a neighbor's house and it was just after Christmas and she had gotten this painting of Jesus standing at the door. And it was a beautiful portrait, beautiful painting rather. And uh, she and her husband were hanging it when I came over uh, to play with the kids. And I just stood there looking at this painting thinking, I know that, I know that so well. And I asked her what that painting was really all about. And it says, uh, she said, well, it's all about Jesus standing at the door and all we have to do is open it. And let him in. We're the ones that keep him out, she said. We have to let him in. And I thought, I know that door. I, I didn't know what it was about, but I knew the door. And so that next, that evening, that afternoon, when I went home and I was doing my evening prayers, going to bed, all of a sudden there was the door. But I was on the other side of the door. And in a sense, Jesus or the Holy Spirit was on the other side of the door. And I, I thought to myself, oh, I've always known this side of the door. Now I know that there's something on the other side of the door I want to let in. And I kept working to try to open the door, try to get it open. And then I heard inside, it will open when it's time. All you do is you be here for when it opens. You can't make it open. It will open when it is time. And so... I would just show up in my prayers every day and I would look for the door and sometimes I would see it and sometimes I wouldn't. And then all of a sudden, one day, the door opened. And it was very interesting because it was like a latch released or something and it just kind of like popped open. And then it started opening. And as it did, all this radiant light started coming in. And as it came in, the light of my own soul began to grow brighter and brighter matching that light or joining that light in some way. And that was the beginning of the next phase of my journey. But the first phase of the journey was to get to that door, to prepare a time, a place, to be there, steady, ready, able, wanting to have that door open and to go through it when it did. And that's what meditation is. We go in, we prepare a place for God to come and visit, to come and be with us. And that place of visitation takes place at the seat of the soul. So we, in the first phase of our meditation, are ever focusing inward and upward and bringing ourselves aware at the seat of the soul and bringing all of our attention, which means bringing all that which is of our soul and freeing it up from the physical focus and bringing it up to that seat of the soul so that we wake up fully there first. Then once enough of the soul or all the soul energy of loving has come together in this place, the door opens because we're ready then for the next phase of the journey. It doesn't open until we're ready. 
until we are there and ready to go on the next phase. So I have talked with people who are initiates on this pathway, whether it's in inner, inner light ministries or in other sound and light paths, that just assumed that since they had the initiation, the moment that initiation took place, everything was going to change in their lives. There was not going to be any more responsibility or hardship or burden or debt, and that they could just close their eyes and spirit would be there and they would have these spiritual experiences. And they were really disappointed because it didn't happen that way. They got initiated, they went out the door, and it was still the same car, it was still the same person that they were living with, it was still the same situations, nothing had changed. They'd sit there and they'd close their eyes for a few minutes and there was no light, there was no sound, there was no spiritual experience, and they got disappointed. They thought it was just going to be miraculous how things would change. And they didn't realize that like everything in the world, it takes time and it takes effort. It takes the doing to make it really come about. But for those who do the work, who do the practice, and do it with loving, and do it with focus, and do it with consistency, they do get the experience. And the first part of that journey and the first part of the experience is being aware of how the loving inside of us begins to move and begins to stir. It begins to focus itself inward and upward to its true home at the seat of the soul, where the soul resides within the body. And it returns unto itself once again. The soul is loving. And that which keeps the body alive is the loving that is the soul that is implanted within every cell of every atom with every part of the body. And when it is called home, it can withdraw its awareness back to the seat of the soul to begin the next phase of its journey. It doesn't mean that with the with withdrawal of the soul consciousness for a moment from the body that the body is going to die, but it means that the soul now begins to have dominion over the body consciousness rather than the other way around. And that takes time for all that to happen. So it's good to pay attention to a number of things on this pathway. If you really don't have clarity, if you really have a lack of understanding of what it is you're to do or what this pathway is really all about, ask. Ask and get the clarity. But don't ask the person sitting next to you or somebody else that you know that's an initiate because they may have a confusion of their own running. And if you ask and they share that confusion with you, you're just going to be running somebody else's confusion on top of your own. But ask the ones that know. Ask the spiritual teacher. Ask for clarity from them. But ask about the spiritual journey. Don't ask about the physical. Well, who should I marry? And how many kids should we have? And what color of car should I go by this time? I don't like this blue car I've got. So what color should I get? That's not what the spiritual teacher is there to do. The spiritual teacher is there to do just what I've shared. 
to give you clarity, to give you understanding, and to give you inspiration. So ask, and you shall receive. And that in that receiving, you're going to get clarity about what it is to do the seeking, to seek and to find. And what is it you're seeking? You're seeking your soul. You're seeking that river of loving. You're seeking the inner light. You're seeking the inner sound. You're seeking God. And it's true. Seek and you shall find. If you seek God out, you will find God. And you'll find that God has always been with you. You just haven't been giving it attention. But once you began to seek God, all of a sudden you realize God is present right now. And then you realize as you continue this search that God is present all the time and the movement of loving inside of you, and the movement of loving in your life. And in the knocking, or chanting that name of God over and over and over and over, that door will open, and you will begin the next part of the journey, which is journeying through the astral, the causal, the mental, and the etheric realms to connect to your own soul, the fullness of yourself as soul in the soul realm. So pay attention. And don't be like me when I was six years old learning how to tell time, wondering where in the world is the quarter on my watch and afraid to ask because I didn't want to look stupid because everybody else seemed to know what they were talking about, and I didn't. And I'd hear a quarter past this, and a half past this, and a quarter till, and and I'm going, I don't get it. So ask, seek, and knock are some of the tools by which we want to live, which we want to pay attention to and apply in our lives regularly. It's very interesting. The spiritual teachers, not just Jesus, but all the spiritual teachers have said the same thing over and over and over, but they've used the phrases of the day, the language of the day, in order to share with their disciples in that moment. So if you go back and read some of the teachings of other teachers from other times, You may hear it said, but in different ways. Pythagoras talked through almost a scientific way in how he taught his disciples. It was very philosophical, very scientific, but in a sense, he was teaching it according to what they were prepared for and what they were needing at that time. And in truth, this pathway is a spiritual science. It isn't religion, it's a spiritual science. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? Science is something that investigates to see if it's real or not. And part of that investigation is to go in and to do experiments and see if those experiments prove a point, 
And then if you can replicate that experiment over and over and over and get the same result every time. That's science. Well, this is a spiritual science. It truly is a spiritual science. We are going to do experiments. We're going to experiment and just see if what Jim and Brian are saying is true. So I'm going to do what they're saying. I'm going to sit down, I'm going to close my eyes, and I'm going to do an experiment. I'm going to hold my awareness at that place they call the seat of the soul. And I'm going to chant the hue or the anti-hue and just see if I have any inner experience. And it's only by doing the experiment that we can prove whether or not the science is valid. You could say, oh yeah, I'm sure it's valid. I don't have to prove it. It sounds like they know what they're talking about, so I trust it, and that's okay, and that's fine. But it's also not true science if you don't do the experiment to really prove it for yourself, not to just take it on faith and hope, but rather by knowing through your own experience. And many of the spiritual teachers in the past and today are teaching in the same way. It's a spiritual science. And it's up to you to do the experiments, to find out for yourself and understand the science. So you might even approach it that way. Maybe that's a new way to look at this. Rather than a spiritual action, ooh, way out there, spiritual somewhere, maybe look at it as a spiritual science and begin to apply this in a different way because maybe that's more of an understanding or an understandable approach for you than looking at it as God and and spirit and all these realms. Look at it as an experiment and just try it and see what happens. And then if you find that it is, you are able to replicate it over and over, then you can say, well, this, this is a science that works. This is a true valid science. And I want more. I want to get all the experience of this science. I want to do more experimentation. Well, that means then getting the initiation, getting the sacred name of God to go further on the journey of this experimental science, which leads you into experiential science. Because that's what this is really about. It's not about experimenting. It's about experiencing and it's only through experience that we really learn. I used to, at school, when I was in high school, I used to work in the office uh, one of my, my periods of uh, school. And I'd get an A for it. It was a lot of fun. I don't know how I got the job, but it was a nice position to have. And I remember when I walked in the uh, second, third day, they said one of the things I was going to be doing now is I was going to be going in and, and running the duplicating machine to run off all the tests for the different teachers, except for my teachers. <laughs> and that uh, that was going to be part of my job. And so they took me in and they showed me the duplicator and they gave me the book to read so I'd know how to run it. Well, I don't learn uh, by reading a book. If... I'm very visual, and if you show me how to do it, I can do it, and I'll just do it. 
and there's no doubt about it, and I'll figure out whatever I don't know how to do just because of what I saw you do. And so they gave me the book and said, come back in about 30 minutes. Let me know how far you've gotten and what you understand. And I, I as she was leaving, I went, but, but she said, well, just read it first, and then we'll talk about it. So I sat down, and I tried to absorb what I could out of the book. And I went over to her a little later, and I, I said, well, I've read some of it, but if you could just show me how to work it, I can do it. I won't get it out of this book. And she said, well, it's better if you read all the details, and then we'll see what you need past that. And I said, all right. So I went home that night, and I tried my best to read the book. And next day, we went in and stood in front of the duplicating machine and said, okay, so now show me what you know. And I go, I know how to turn it on. <laughs> That's all. I just knew how to turn the machine on. I really didn't understand all that it was trying to tell me. And so I said, if you just show me, I can do it. So she showed me once, and she said, now, do you understand it? And I said, yeah, now I understand it. And I never had to ask for any other help. I just ran it from then on. And so find out how it is you take in information. How do you learn? How do you experience? And how do you move that experience into greater experience? Sometimes the world will present an opportunity of experience in a certain way, certain format. And oh my God, that just doesn't work. Can't get it. And if I don't get the beginnings, I'm not going to move on into what's next. So in this experiential pathway of this spiritual science, if we share something with you and it isn't clear because it isn't by the means by which you experience that we've shared, then ask us so that we might be able to give you an understanding of this process so that you too can work the experiment for yourself, that you can move towards experience. We can only share from our own experience. I share a lot through visual because that's my experiential process. That's how I take in information. If I can sit there and watch you do it, I can do it. But if I sit there and just listen to you talk to me about it, or if I have to read about it, I don't get it. That's just like doing the directions. Just show me a map and point the way a couple of times and I'll go. I know it now. But if you give me a lot of words, I don't get it. So pay attention to how it is you take in information so that you can begin to take in that information the way you need to and ask for it if you're not getting it that way. Because it can make a big difference as to how this journey of life goes. Whether or not you're meditating or not, it can make a big difference on how the journey of life goes for you. And the other thing I would say is, don't be someone who is so stubborn that they will sit there and just say, no, I can do it myself. And that's, of course, that's what you want to do. But oftentimes, approaching life in that way, just say, no, no, I can do it myself, oftentimes leads you down a road of hard knocks, difficulty, and often takes you on journeys that take you nowhere. 
and sometimes leads you into stagnation. Be free, be open, be willing to move, to change, to grow, to ask, to seek, to knock, to do whatever it takes to have adventure, to have experience in life. Stagnation is miserable, at least from my viewpoint, from my experience. And from what I've heard from other people who've lived in stagnation, sometimes for a long time. Be willing to risk, to step into something new, to try a new experience and see where it might take you. As many of you know, I don't like change. (laughs) Well, that's stagnation, isn't it? (laughs) But I didn't think it was stagnation at first. I used to think that was just comfort. It's easy. I can do it right as it is. I don't want to change it. Don't change the color on the walls. Don't change anything in my life. Don't move it. It's just fine where it is. But I realized that, as I don't know if it was Benjamin Franklin or whoever said it, that there's two things in life you can't avoid, change and death. Death and taxes, but he also said, or I've said, change and death, because I've heard it as change and death as well. Yeah, Benjamin Franklin said death and taxes. So pay attention to that. Life is ever-changing. And you can be like me and be stubborn and try to do everything you can not to change and not to have things change, only to realize that they're changing all around you and changing inside of you anyway. And it's easier to go with it than to fight it. Acceptance is a wonderful thing. To accept what is and then to see how you can move forward in what is, rather than to deny it, push it away, and try to keep what was. Well, this pathway is really about movement, change, acceptance, continuity, a flow of life. So see how you might approach that differently See how you might approach it at all with awareness, with action, not reaction, and see if you can begin to have more of the wonder of life, the joy of life, the beauty of life, and the loving that is life. Because that's what this pathway is about. It's about living the loving that we are. The soul is loving. So you are loving. And in order to truly live the fullness of that loving experience, we want to connect to our own soul. And that's done by going inside and just allowing ourselves to let go of everything that is not of loving and to wake up to the divine loving that we are. 
All right. Thank you. What a fun and cold evening. <laughs>